Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. Today we discuss Roy McIlroy's China win, hear from David Ledbetter, look ahead to the upcoming European Tour Race to Dubai conclusion. Hi guys, Justin Rose here and welcome to the Golf Monthly Clubhouse podcast. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. My name's Tom Clark and as ever I'm joined by, what's your name? Oh yes, Elliot Heath. Hello Tom. You're right there, your voice went up a bit. Did it? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. How's it going? Uh, Any golf played over the week? Good. Uh, I played on Sunday, yeah. In? Just at my home club and it was a slow one. It was four hours and 45 minutes I think. Now that well, you can find in, your ball or what? No, no, it's just it was literally waiting two to five minutes on every shot. Um, now that the clocks have changed, I think everyone is trying to get down the golf club, especially on a sunny day like Sunday in mm-hmm. Surrey. And um, yeah, so how did you play? Painful. I played quite well. Yeah. Also, I must say we were quite bad to the juniors. I shouldn't really admit this, but there was a junior competition at eleven, and we teed off at eleven. But why did you do that? Because the court, it was just so busy in the morning, but it just but, shows. So you, what, you just nipped in, no starter. No, there was a group behind us as well. There was basically no one policing this junior competition, uh, okay. and oh. I think um, maybe the final group finished in darkness. But you're scum. Yeah, I I do feel bad, but uh, you should have someone on a busy course. You need someone marshalling your course, don't you? Yeah, something maybe you should write to your secretary about something like that because that's important that's important things isn't it yeah because it's not good if if you've had a bad round and it's been too slow and also a competition has then been changed maybe the result may have been changed because of that that's something you should be really talking to your secretaries about in your committee because that's something that they would need to sort out wouldn't they yeah definitely Uh, but it is painful slow play at club level it's not going away yeah. Well, I know, but if you're saying it sounded like your course was overcrowded, and as I say the clocks are there's only so much daylight now, isn't there? So we're only uh, what five weeks away from six weeks away from the shortest day. So yeah, but then there's also that's you got to take that as a positive, haven't you? You're only six weeks away from the, the days starting to get a little bit longer as well. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's we're decent. only six weeks away from the worst day of the year, and then it all. Goes back up. Do you know what the, uh, the the worst day of the year, as you just called it? Do you know what the shortest day is called? What Saint's Day is? No. It's St. Thomas's Day. Oh, is it? It's me. So when you're thinking about having the worst day of anything, oh, it's Tom's fault. Anyway, what I went. You? I did play the golf. I went to Legoland on Friday. Oh, nice. Had a day off. That was really good. And saw some fireworks in the evening with my wife and my uh, I son. I was going to go to that. It was really good. So uh, they'd never been there before. My brother had bought uh, my son uh, an annual pass and we hadn't gone yet for his birthday. So that was decent. Spent way too much on Lego in the gift did shop. Did you go on the dragon ride? No, we didn't because cl- the uh, queue was quite long. And also, uh, my son's quite young, so although he was interested in watching it, he just wanted to watch it. Spider Spinner, that was good. Lots of like model villages and stuff. Yeah, they were better yeah. than I thought they were going to be. And uh, yeah, stuff like that. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, big the, fan of Lego. This, well, yes. I, I, I was a big fan of Lego until having to put 
together 900 pieces worth of it on Sunday. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, it was good. And then I had a birthday celebration uh, for one of my friends on Saturday. So that was very good. So no, nice one. No golf. Watched a bit of golf, though. And uh, it was some pretty decent golf, uh, the WGC HSBC champions, because Roy McIlroy won again. Uh, birded the first playoff hole to beat Xander Schufle. Uh, that's after the pair played all 73 holes together and tied at 19 under par. It's Roy's fourth win of 2019 after the Players' Championship, Canadian Open and the Tour Championship. Um, he's not had a badge, has he? Uh, he's now closing in on Brooks Koepka at the top of the world rankings and also becomes the first European to win three WGC titles, breaking yet more records. Roy's 2019 season, four wins, FedEx Cup, PJ Tour Player of the Year, First in stroke gain total off the tee and tee to green, plus first in scoring average on the PJ Tour. You're making me work on these stats, Elliot, with your abbreviations. Uh, 18 top 10s from 24 starts. That's an amazing stat, isn't it? 18 top 10s from 24 starts. Eighth to second in the world rankings. And he's earned over $25 million this year to date. Wow. <laughs> uh, that's not a bad season, is it? I think it will go down as one of his best seasons ever. Yeah. Not because of how good it was, but because what it could lead to next year. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he, the one thing missing of that is a major, which is obviously quite a, a major uh, uh, thing, which is missing. But he's had a, such a good year. I mean, the, those events that he's won, he's won the players, the Tour Championship, and now w, WGC as well. Uh, and that's not not saying the Canadian Open, which is a really good PJ Tour event on its own. Um, yeah, I mean, what else does he need to do? He's got a couple of weeks left. What would really cap off his year? Uh, well, at Wentworth, he was saying he wants to get to five wins this season. He's now on four. He's got one event good, left. Good match, so yes, yes. get to five. So is he only going to play one more event? Yeah. He's only going to play the, the, the DP World Tour Championship? Yeah. Which okay. he will win $3 million for if he wins. So could earn... 28 million this year yeah it's a shame I think one I mean something maybe people will say is he hasn't won in Europe this year and he's not going to win in Europe because obviously his last event's going to be in Dubai I oh, know it's on the European tour before anyone says that um, that's something that perhaps he people would have liked to have seen him do more obviously he didn't he had the disappointment of the Open obviously in Ireland where he got all tearful and stuff like that, and that was his pretty much his only cu- missed cut of the year, wasn't it? Uh, missed the memorial cut yeah, as well, so I think. Yeah, you know, he's missed two. Um, but yeah, incredible results, and surely he's on the on track to get back to the top of the world rankings, especially maybe having this knee injury. Yeah, early next year he will if he um, continues. But I've just had a thought. I'm going to relate. Hello, crikey. I'm going to relate. <laughs> Hold the front page. Rory McIlroy to Arsenal Football Club. You what? So you, you're, you're you're comparing Rory McIlroy to Arsenal? Oh no, no, hear me out, uh, listeners. Uh, Elliot supports Arsenal, so they are interested with where this is going. So uh, Tom, Rory's won stuff this year, as you know. <laughs> Arsenal went for a long time without winning a trophy, but we were finishing top four all the time. We were like, oh, it's fine. Top four's good. You know, the finances are good, and we're all happy. Just like Rory McIlroy's happy right now. This is right the now. worst comparison I've but ever then, heard. This is garbage. Go we, on, but keep going. We won a trophy which is the FA Cup, comparable, it? yeah, it was the FA Cup, to Macro winning a major, and that's when you remember... Whoa, 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 whoa. We winning the FA Cup is like winning a major. No, sorry. Yeah, it is. No, veto. 
complete garbage. But seeing um, what rubbish are you spouting here? But seeing the, Rory's the club. nothing like Arsenal football club. Not only is he a man you fancy, you're absolutely you're hurting him just saying that. But uh, Rory's a winner. No, no, he's Rory is a winner and he's a nice bloke, unlike most Arsenal fans who are, you know, just they're just moaning, aren't they? Miserable. Look can, at you. Can I continue? Yeah, you can. So at the moment, Michael <laughs> is happy, Arsenal. he's winning, all that. But it's, I think when he wins a major, like when Arsenal win the FA Cup, I think that's when he'll re- realise, like, wow, this is why I do it. Everything else is great, but winning a major is, you just can't buy that feeling. And yeah, hopefully it'll happen next year and he'll remember, like, Fair enough, 2019 was an amazing season, lucrative, won all of these awards, but the majors are what really matters. I, I think I explained that quite well. I, I know, I completely disagree with a lot you're saying there. So, firstly, I don't think we should be comparing football to golf because it's completely different. But you know, what he's won today, what he's won this year are massive events. The tour took the players. He's won the players this year. The the unofficial fifth major. One of the biggest events in the world. Um, one of the best fields, if not the best field in golf. It's, um, you know, a great course. He's he's had a fantastic season. Yeah, no, of course he has. I think he's had perhaps the best season of any golfer this year. You could argue the major winners did have like better seasons. People have had different years. I mean, Tiger's had an amazing year. You know, he came back, won the Masters, then, of course, also won last week as well. So he's actually won twice. Amazing year. Who else won the majors this year? Lowry. Lowry winning... Uh, Gary Woodland. Uh, you know, Lowry winning, um, you know, the Open in Ireland. Incredible yeah, year. Yeah, that's, that is, that's a better achievement than McIlroy winning those four tournaments, isn't it? That's what McIlroy would have wanted to win more. Yeah, I, no, I've no doubt about that. I have no doubt exactly. about that. Exactly. So I think I mean, we Woodland winning, what did Woodland win? Away. The US Open? I'm getting confused. The yeah, US Woodland PGA? won the, U, the US Open at Pebble Beach. Who won the PGA? I completely complained. Uh, Kepka. Kepka, that's it. At I mean, Beth Page. Yes, that's it. So it's... it's um, though All those guys have had very differences, but for consistency over the season, Rory is by no... You know, no one's got close to him, I don't think, because he's won... Those those events, different time zones, some of them, and um, yeah, just he's had a fantastic year. And as I say, th- he could top it up even top it off even more with uh, another win in some of the big events which are coming up. Um, so next year, where are the majors next year, Elliot? I'm putting you on the spot here. Uh, they are Augusta National. <laughs> then they are uh, the PGA is at TPC Harding Park in San Francisco. Yep. The US Open is at Winged Foot in the state of New York and <laughs> the Open Championship is at Royal St George's in Kent okay so out of those four where's Rory going to win a major next year uh, it's very easy to say Augusta but I don't know he's got a mental block there hasn't he um, he's got to beat Tiger TPC Harden Park that that will suit him that's just a typical American bombers course US Open nice views at winged oh, foot uh I don't know. Anything could happen there. That's where Monty nearly won last time, wasn't it? Yeah. And Jeff. I mean, that does won. that does. Use, well, it's one of those courses which does usually suit the long straight hitters, which what most of the guys on tour are long straight hitters, aren't they? So, um, St George's. I'm trying to think. Will St George's help him? I think it depends on the weather. If you get nice weather there. And Northern Irishman won there last time, didn't they? Good shout. Albeit a very different shout. golfing Northern Irishman. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, very different. But you know, someone who knows how to play links golf. Yeah. Uh, and 
Uh, I mean, when Darren Clark won, he he got on the right side of the draw, got a bit lucky with the weather here and there, and um, you know, and then the great story of him winning, of course, everyone loved that, didn't they? So, um, yeah, they he's got a chance. So you're going to say Augusta? Is that your point? No, no, I'm going to say the PGA Championship. Okay, okay. So I think you've changed your mind about four times there. Um, but I, who else do we think also then could do well? So if we've said this year, Rory's done so well, he looks like he's on track to be, you know get to world number one. Um, who's his biggest challenger? You, you can see from the world's top ten. Uh, I mean, obviously Cook has had another good year. Uh, obviously he's got this knee injury, and we don't know how that's going to affect him. But other people may have slipped away. So you say sorry. DJ's not had the best season, has he? Do you think he's no, going to come back into it? Possibly he's been injured as well, but I, I still think on his day when he's fit, Tiger is unbeatable. He's got. <laughs> you changed your mind on Tiger because t- a few weeks ago you said he wasn't going to make it in the, into the Ryder Cup team. Yeah, because I just I, I've completely lost faith in his body. But what he shows <laughs> when he's he's got his game under control, just his his golf brain is so um, so developed, so experienced, and so strong. Yeah, I think you're right. So, um, what about you? I oh, right, John Rahm. I was well, going to say John, I was just about to say John Rahm. Yeah, I think John Rahm's the one where he now um, he's now due a major. You know, Definitely. he now probably needs one. If he won now, it wouldn't be a surprise. I think it was just a little bit early. Some of the ones he's already played in. Um, you saw even with like the Players Championship this year when he had that chance to win and then hit some odd shots going down the back nine hitting that, that hybrid or whatever he hit into the water. That was just a ridiculous shot, wasn't it? Um, and, yeah, Rahm's got to do it. Otherwise, you know, he's going to start slipping away from the conversation. He's not that close. to. He's nowhere near being slipping away from the conversation. But I'm thinking people like Ricky Fowler, who had the chances to win early, haven't done that now, and now it does seem to have a, perhaps a mental block on their game, um, which... They will always say isn't there. It's definitely there. You talk to any of the guys that didn't win majors or, or had to wait such a long time to win majors. When you've got that a chance early on, if you get that monkey off your back, then you've got a chance because you always know you're always going to be remembered, aren't you? Once you won one major, you're going to be remembered forever. Yeah, so whether uh, Todd you, Hamilton, yeah, good lad. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, and there's yeah, there's much better golfers than Todd Hamilton who never won a major and actually have perhaps slipped out of our thoughts. Um, but yeah, that is what it is. Um, Sorry, somebody just to change the subject. Go for it. Um, somebody who... It's not like you to do that. Go on. Had that monkey on their back for a very long time and almost won at wing foot last time, so I was, I'm linking it in here. Phil Mickelson. Yes. So, Phil, no longer in the world's top 50. Um, 26 years, isn't it? Something like yeah. a thousand, over a thousand weeks of uh, being in the world's top 50. An incredible record. And he's now slipped to 51st in the world. Where were you when uh, when Phil first um, entered the world's top 50? Uh, I was... Um Nothing. Uh, yes, exactly. You were nothing. You weren't born, which is incredible, isn't it? Yeah. When we actually think about those things, uh, there's a couple of people in the office who I work with who weren't born when Phil Mickelson was in the world's top 50 first time. Yeah, as and it says in our article, one of the greatest streaks in sport, I think that is. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be up there. The consistency, the level that he's been at. He's won again this year as well. Um, just since that win at Pebble, he hasn't had a top 20, I don't think, since then. And so that's why he slipped, slipped back 
out of the top 50. But he seemed quite um, calm about it all when he was asked about it after the WGC on Sunday. He said, you know, I may be slipped out now. It's been a great run, but actually, you know what? I want to be to try and get back into the top 50. Um, do you think he will? Yeah. He's only one place out. So. Yeah, probably. It's not... <laughs> not going to be too difficult for him um, it'd be nice to see him win the US Open next year at Wingfoot actually oh. after messing it up so badly in 2006 yep but um, for me I, I I think he's been past it for a long time um, <laughs> it's so hard he won a WGC last year he's won, he's won he's, the PJ Tour this year he's clearly so one of the game's greatest of all time but he's I just think so he's inconsistent a, well, you know, he is now. He can't more hit so. a fairway. No, no, he's he's such an enigma, isn't he? And um, but that's why people love watching him play golf because you're never sure what's going to come out of it. Uh, if you could just hit a few fairways, and you'd see when he does, he's so dangerous. He shoots such low scores. There's not many people who can go as low. Well, that's him. because he only plays golf courses now that have really wide fairways. Remember what he said at uh, Le Golf National? Yeah, called it almost unplayable with those thick fairways. When I think he lost every match, didn't he? He didn't have a very good tournament. Um, so, um, yeah, he's... You've got to look back. You know, we're looking back at what Rory's done and then you compare it to what Phil's done. You know, Phil has still had the most amazing career. He's one of the greatest golfers of our generation. He's one of the greatest golfers of this century by, by a long way. So, um, yeah, and it's great that he's still out there, still playing, still enjoying himself. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure about your social media presence, I'll be honest with you. I think I find, that a, little bit, I find that a little bit odd. And um, I wonder, actually, the correlation between him going on to Twitter and the uh, the uh, fall down the world rankings, if someone wants to do, and, you know, the, the someone wants to do a graph and that, I think there's probably some, uh, yeah, something there. So um, yeah, let's, let's hope that Phil continues to play, continues to entertain, uh, because golf's, uh, I think, one of those better places when he's there and um, wowing the crowds and also the the uh, TV viewers he's definitely someone in like 20 or 30 years I will be proud to say I watched Mickelson's career and all these memories and whatnot. indeed now did Phil Mickelson ever work with David Ledbetter oh did he I don't know I don't know if, if he did it'd be a really good segue because we're now going to listen to you David Ledbetter with a bit of audio that we um, we, we recorded recently who um, he, he's specifically talking about juniors and how and why juniors improve so quickly whereas adults you know when you get out of the juniors suddenly there's a struggle to improve so listen to one of the great coaches uh, in golf history and that's David Ledbetter well, I, I think that, you know, there, there needs to be, and I know they're trying, and it's actually a lot, lot better over here than it is in the U.S., but uh, it's just, it's giving kids more access to golf and better coaching programs and getting these young people, I think that there needs to be a major emphasis placed on on getting these young, uh, on getting youngsters into the game. I mean, look, they, you know, instead of playing football, hey, get them to play golf. I mean, in the end, it's like you can play golf forever, okay? You can't play football forever. So it's, 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 it's as if, you know, if you can get, um, if you can get sort of your, your, the middle class, I don't, to distinct, I don't want to make a distinction between classes, but I mean, if you, can get your, if you can get your average Joe out there, who I don't know how we term it these days, being politically correct, but it's like, you know, maybe lower income people, whatever it is, you know, but... Uh, uh, to, to, to feel that they can afford to play the game, you know, 
give give clubs away to kids. Get you know, bring kids in. And say, hey, give them free coaching. I mean, just I mean, pro, the pros and the the PGA and the you know the, the golf unions need to get together and really stress how important it is. That if you're gonna keep this game going, keep the traditions going, keep the future of the game healthy. You've got to start at the grassroots level, and so you get these youngsters involved where they really have a passion and a love for the game. Because you know, most of these, if you look at most of the pros out there, I mean, they started when they were really young. I mean, you know, back in the, all right, you you did get the odd foul double, Greg Norman, who started when they were fifteen. But for the most part, I mean, these kids, you know, they tagged along with their parents, and they, you know, when they're four or five years old, they had little cl- cut down clubs, and they played golf, and they, you know, they had a talent for it. And so, you know, you, you've got to be able to expose the game at a very young age. I mean, they, you know, it's the same. You know, they find the same in skiing in Austria and so on. I mean, you, you just got to have, you got to have access to, to be able to ski at a young age, in which case you start to learn to do it pretty well because you're fearless and it's easy. They're like sponges, they learn. You know, it, it's tough. And even, you know, we found even when you, kids get to 12 and 13, it's a lot more difficult to coach them then than it is when they were five and six, where they're having a little fun and, you know, creating little games where they can improve their athleticism, learning to throw balls correctly, etc. And so, you know, they're, they're trying to do that a lot of different sports now, and cricket and so on and so forth. And um, so golf, golf needs to really sort of, I think, you know, getting a lot of these golf clubs there that are very underused now. I mean, memberships are struggling and so on and so forth. So why not bring these kids in? Because they're probably going to be your future members anyway. They get to play somewhere. So it, it, I, I just think there needs to be more focus and emphasis placed there. And uh, I mean, they're trying, but it, it seems there's a lot of different groups doing little things rather than everybody coming together and saying, OK, let's make a master plan here. Let's have a, a commissioner for junior golf, OK, which covers all the different entities, all the different organizations and say, let's sort of get together and, and really put our emphasis and uh, resources together and say, okay, let's, how, how do we do this? And have kids play. I mean, it's, it's even that's why, I mean, 10 years ago, my kids were younger. I mean, at the club, there were a lot more juniors floating around playing and doing that than there are now. Uh, and it's, it's as if they've got other things to do. You know, you've got, you know, you've got you know, all these e-games and Xboxes and what have you that kids can sort of sit at home and, I mean, hey, get them out there in the open air and the fresh air, give them some sort of, you know, uh, exposure to the, you know, to the to nature and uh, getting to enjoy the game, and so I think we need to sort of look at it from that. That would be my. I think it's the lifestyle that we have. I just don't think people have enough time. You know, golf is, is a very time-consuming sport. I mean, that's why they want to. Well, let's let's just make it nine holes. Why should it be eighteen? I mean, you think about it, you play eighteen holes, and you got a family. You sort of in, you know, in your thirties, and you got a, a young family, and the wife's at home. You got two kids there. And you're going to take all day Saturday to go and play golf. I mean, it just, and you're working, you know, you're working like a slave from Monday to Friday and you know, don't get back home until seven o'clock at night. It's like, so people sort of, they make choices. And so I just think that, you know, it's, when you look at it, uh, I mean, you know, it's not cheap. Golf's not cheap to play. Uh, you've got to travel a certain distance normally, unless you live clo- close by your golf course. I mean, look, memberships are, I mean, they've got all these, you know, things like golf now on TV where you, you know, you don't, why would you want to be a member if you can, you know, pick up, you know, just book yourself online for 15 quid a round and why, why would you want to pay, you know, 2,000 pound a year to be a member when you're only playing once a month? You know, it's, so it's, you know, there's a lot of factors involved and, you know, the powers that be are trying to work out <clears throat> why, you know, h- how we get more people involved in the game and I, I really do think 
That's why we're sort of very focused on these kids because if you implant the seed and the love and the passion for the game at a very young age, and you know you have some success doing it, maybe they play little junior competitions and they have some success, they want to keep playing. And they, they keep playing and their parents say, okay, well, let's do that. And maybe they'll play with them. And so they'll play. So I don't think you can just take a 40-year-old husband and say, okay, well, you're going to, you know, you've got to play double the amount of golf you're playing. It's just not going to happen. You know, it's just, it's, we don't live in that, that era anymore, you know. And uh, so it's, um, you know, we're, we, we're, it's a busy old world we live in, you know. I mean, everybody's, you know, everybody's flat out busy. Doing, I mean, you guys have got deadlines, you've got this, you've got that, and it's like, okay, well, I was going to hit some balls this afternoon, but I've got to get this, uh, I've got to get this article finished, or I've got to do this, I've got to do that, and it's like, I was going to go and play nine holes, but oh, look, it's raining now, I think we'll, you know, we'll wait until next week, and so it, it's easy to put things off, you know, and, and the, worse, the worse you play, the more you want to put it off, so, well, what, I don't, you know, I'm not playing very well, it's not, it's not, it's not as much fun as, you know, losing six balls around and it's costing me, you know, 20 pounds around in golf balls and whatever, you know, so, I don't know, there's a lot of factors, a lot, I don't think there's one answer to it all, uh, but to me, I say, probably the single answer is that, okay, get, get all young people involved, give them access to golf courses, that they're, they're trying to do that, and I think they've sort of finally worked out that that's probably the approach to go, rather than take the existing pool of players and try to get them to play more, so I don't think that's going to happen. So there you go, Dave Ledbetter chatting uh, about his thoughts, especially on juniors and why juniors improve. Anything that really caught your imagination there, Elliot? Uh, I think he speaks a lot of sense as clearly a multi-multi-millionaire to identify with the working people and that why would you want to pay two grand a year for membership when you can just pay 15 quid and families and he, he completely gets golf and why why everybody isn't a single figure handicap yeah and because people do not have the time to prove and sometimes actually people just want to play a round of golf play the odd good shot but enjoy it out in the nice weather if it's nice weather with some good company and just enjoy playing golf and he said there as well about more uh, we should have more nine hole courses i think i agree i know we've spoken about this a lot on the podcast and pitch and putts and all that but yeah there aren't actually that many nine hole courses around no. i yeah i I think we've said this before. I mean, we, we've seen, and um, the thing which really gets my goat, as it were, was that uh, being a cricket fan, they keep on trying to think of good things. Oh, look, the cricket have got T20. How do we do that? And they've come up with lots of, some people have come up with lots of mad ideas, with shot clocks and two holes on a green and all this. And um, actually, it's looking golf in the face. We, oh, we already have it. We already have short courses we already have fewer holes on some courses so why not actually just use those people to go and play nine holes don't they should we go and play a quick nine in the evening yeah how many people do that on a summer evening yeah loads all, loads all the time and when you look at cricket and where 2020 came from it was from evening games for juniors after school or after work you quickly go and play a 2020 game and then suddenly the pro game did it so actually cricket didn't invent a new thing it was already there they just used it in a better better space and golf it really does make my brain hurt that no one's actually worked out hang on a minute that's already happening why don't we go and do that it's pretty simple in my my opinion but Anyway. Speaking words of sense there. Well, Tom. always. I always try and do anyway. But yeah, all these golf clubs that close, perhaps you could just say, 
instead of selling them, just just sell half of them and work with what you got. Yeah, maybe only just have six holes. Perhaps, yeah, perhaps. So, um, yeah, lots of especially in like the really built-up areas as well, where people don't have much time and they're working a lot. Just play six holes. Yeah, get out for an hour. I mean, yeah, the reason why it's eighteen holes is because a golf course was made into eighteen holes one hundred and fifty, two hundred years ago. <laughs> That's it. There's no other rhyme or reason for it. Um, so anyway, but then no, we're not saying that. That's just what you should do because it's good. But you've got to have the options. That's the thing. Yeah. Have the options. A Give people the options, and then people will use them to the, to the best that they can. People who are perhaps a lot of time in their hands. People who are retired, for example, they love playing eighteen holes. They're going out playing all day because you know they've worked hard all their life and they want to go and play eighteen holes with their mates. Brilliant. I'm not saying you stop that at all, but. Wouldn't it be great to have these these other options, um, and um, yeah, make it affordable for more people to do it. But let's move on. We're going to move on to uh, what is going to be a very exciting end to the European Tour season. There's no PJ Tour event this week, is there, Elliot? No. And the next one. <laughs> there's a long. There's a big pause. It's next week, <laughs> and I don't think that's a very big one either. So no, and so the European tours really. Yeah, so the European tour has three uh, events left for this season: the Turkish Airlines Open, the Ned Bank Golf, Golf Challenge. Yeah, as Sorry, I nearly forgot that, and then the DP World Tour Championship in Dubai, where someone will be crowned as Race to Dubai champion and win an awful lot of money. Um, so this week is the Turkish Airlines Open, where Justin Rose is going for the three peat. Good use of the word three peat. I know you like that. No, you see, I was going to say that anyway. Because uh, he's the two-time defending champion, uh, the Englishman Englishman beat Houtong Lee in a playoff last year at Kaya Golf Club. I can Carrier, Caviar. I never know like how to say that word. Uh, but this year's tournament goes back to the Montgomery Max Royal for the first time since 2015. So who's won twice at that golf course? Do you know? Uh, De Buisson. Yes, correct. And Kepka. They're the three winners. There, yeah. Uh, but because this tournament's only seven years old, exactly. So uh, the top seventy-five in the race to buy qualify for Turkey, with the top sixty qualifying for the Ned Bank Golf Challenge next week. Then fifty for the DP World Tour Championship in Dubai. This week's first prize is just the simple case of two million dollars. Uh, is it two million dollars or two million euros? Dollars, yes. Uh, next week's first prize, South Africa, is two point five million, and the DP World, World Tour Championship winner gets three million. Uh, there's a pretty strong field this week with Justin Rose, Patrick Reed, Shane Lowey, Francesco Molinari, Matt Wallace uh, all playing as well as the race to my leader, Bernd Wiesberger. Excited about it? Yeah, what a week. I love a bit of European tour action on a strong week. And uh, it's really got this stage to itself this week with no PGA Tour. Uh, yeah, really good finish to the season. I think the race to Dubai is poised very nicely. It's really tight this year. We don't year. know who's going to win. No, last year it was really between uh, Molinari and Fleetwood. Yeah. And then going to the, into Dubai, um, Molinari was so far ahead, he was always going to win it. He needed to finish last and Fleetwood needed to finish first, uh, to finish first I think. So, um, yeah, it's, it's open. I mean, uh, Wiesberg obviously has that lead now. And I was looking at one of my tips, which is Danny Willett for this week, who's, I think, quite a long 25 to 1. He's 11th on the race to buy, but he's, at the moment, he looks like he's got half of Bern Wiesberg. So you would look like, oh, he's got, he's got no chance. But actually, if he, has a, if he wins this week, then he's right in it, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. 
Also, John Rahm and Matt Fitzpatrick not playing in the top four. McElroy, fifth, not playing, but for obvious reasons, because he's got too much money. Um, <laughs> well, he well, won in China last week. It's a long way to get to uh, to Turkey, isn't it, from China? Yeah, but Matt Wallace and all the other guys made the flight fine. So Yeah, but they didn't win, though, did they? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> we are talking about golf. Um, so this week, who do you think is going to do well? Do you think Justin Rhodes can do the three-peat? No, he's not in form. <laughs> <laughs> he's... Okay. This time so last who's gonna, year, gonna do well. who's going to do well? Who's going to do well? Come on. Uh, who is going to do well? I will go for... Oh, I can't remember who I'm going for. Who are you going for? I remember looking at well, the I just said that. I've just said Danny Willett. Uh, oh, sorry. I remember now. Eric Van Royen. Okay, yeah, he's about... Tenth in the race to Dubai. Yeah, he's about... Tw- he's low 20s, I think, this week. Um, and Christian Buzwadenhout, I'll go for two South Africans. Did quite well last week. I tipped him last week. He fell away a little bit in the final round. So, yeah, I... I Yes, I think they'll, um, they'll do quite well. I, who else was I looking at? I was looking at a Scott. McIntyre? No, um, was it David Drysdale, I think, who's had a couple of good weeks recently? Was it Richie Ramsey? Which one? Richie Ramsey's been in better form yeah. he's had Randy. a good BMW PGA it's championship it's really hard to, to remember which Scott is which because they both got the uh, same initial for first and second name so I think it's Richie Ramsey so um, have a look at these very vague betting tips but I'm doing the better tips today and so do check out uh, our golf betting tips for the Turkish Airlines Open just google golf betting tips and click on our post what about Scotty Hend what about Scotty he's like pretty much third from bottom in the betting odds he's missing every cut he's playing in at the moment what's going on with him I, I, have, I don't know I'm not his coach am I he's are you backing got, him Do you uh, I, can't, I find it hard, it's hard to back him I think he's like 300 to 1 yes it's going to be tricky to back this guy in, but he's a good player he does go through these slumps but then he usually comes, goes on a goes on a roll and wins loads of money so um, yeah I, I, it's hard to tip him isn't it it's a strong field yeah um, Justin Rose I think is I think I know you've think he's got no chance but I think he's got a very decent chance yeah no, he just hasn't been in great form uh, Hatton's also very highly up the betting odds yeah, as well been playing much better recently Hatton's over and putting well again so um, yeah check it out so it should be an interesting week of golf a weekend of golf um, and of course you, it's all a nice time this this week so you can watch loads of golf this weekend um, upcoming um in the near future, as we said, there's no PJ Tour event this week, but the President Cup wild cards are being picked. Are you excited by this? Yeah, I've completely. You done like, a two weeks ago, you this. said you didn't care about President's Cup, but now you now you do apparently. Um, so they are being picked. Ernie's uh, picks the internationals on Wednesday, and then Tiger Woods picks himself and three other people on Thursday. Um, who do you think's going to get picked then? For the Americans, uh, Patrick Reed, Gary Woodland, and Tony Finau. As well as Woods. And then... So no Ricky Fowler, no Kevin Nahr? No. Okay, that's what you reckon? That That's harsh on Kevin Nahr, though, after his recent win. Um, and then on the internationals, Ben Arn, Jason Day, who didn't make the team, which is a surprise. Um, Sung Jai Im, I think he was fourth in China. And yep. Wakim Neiman, the 21-year-old who won on the PJ Tour recently. Yeah. So the guys that we think we're maybe going to miss out on the internationals are Eric Van Royen, the guy you just picked. I think he's got a chance, hasn't yeah. he? Because he's been playing really solid golf. Um, 
he's yeah he's a bit of an enigma as well he's i think he's someone who could would be good on that team i think he's you know they've got their team uniforms though would they get those jogging bottom <laughs> trousers for him uh i don't know and then also we've got jazz whose surname we don't say because it's too long that's the fella um Who's been who's top of the Asian order merit, but has been playing average at the moment, hasn't it? So, but Jason Day's been playing pretty average. Hey, you won the skins game. Um, the other yeah, day. he's in great form, coming uh, off a victory. Yeah, well, yeah, he played two holes nicely, but um, but yeah, I was sorry, I was just looking at this. The thing is, Jason Day will be probably get picked because where's it been played? Uh, Royal Melbourne and yeah. The internationals only have two major winners, so he'll be the third. There's a couple of Aussies. There actually, there's actually three Aussies in there, aren't there? Scott Leishman and Smith. Um, so they probably will get in the other. I think Jason Day's going to get picked. Yeah. I just think that American team are not in great form. Like, do we know? If, I mean, Kupka's in there, obviously at the moment. Is he definitely going to be playing? I don't know. And DJ as well. He's he's had his injuries, and I, I'm not sure. Maybe they're a little bit complacent, although. They are playing for Tiger Woods, so that might. I mean, at the, if you look at that team, we've got uh, Justin Johnson, who's is badly out of form, and we think maybe a bit injured. Kutka, who is injured, and we're not sure what's going on with him. Bryson DeChambeau, who's pumping iron, yeah. and um, turns off into a beefcake, and he hasn't been playing, so that's that's going to be interesting. He's only going to turn up. I mean, there is Cantlay's been playing well, Shufley's been playing well, Simpson's been playing silly solid. Just silly, Tom- solid. silly solid nice. there you go Justin Thomas who's won recently been playing well and then your best mate Matt Kuchar who is a very very solid golfer isn't he um, if you you know the guys that you want to pick surely they're going to pa- pick Patrick Reed and Gary Woodland I think Tony Finau is a great match player isn't he because he hits it so far and can make so many birdies and then Tiger oh, shouldn't pick himself he just won yeah I know but he just save won. his back. Put Ricky <laughs> Fowler in. Fowler's played in loads of presidents' cups. Save his back. <laughs> <laughs> Tiger wanted. Uh, I think Tiger's going to pick himself. Yeah, he is, isn't he? But, um, There's nothing worse than going to a golf course and then not being a player. Yeah, that is annoying. <laughs> when we go for those meeting days. <laughs> oh and stuff. come on! <laughs> Tiger's like, I'm, I'm playing. <laughs> well, are we Melbourne miles away. <laughs> I'm not going to come here every week. So um, yeah, and who do you think's going to win then? I'll go for the US because they're probably <laughs> favourites. But uh, Hideki, Adam Scott, Oosthuizen are all in great form at the moment. And I don't know, if, if I think it'll be quite good. <laughs> Still an exhibition, but... Uh, you have completely changed your mind on this. I can't get I can't get my head around this. So, uh, yeah, so you've gone from Tiger not being able to like, get in the Ryder Cup to suddenly he's going to play in the President's Cup and you're excited. Anyway... Anyway, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but I think we've got a few questions which people have posted in from social media that we're going to answer. Any exciting ones? Yeah, so we had a question on Facebook from Ingeborg Slicker. <laughs> well said. I think Ingeborg has messaged us before, so uh, hi there. They say, was Christina Kim right in calling a rules infraction on her playing partners during Q school? Now, do you have some... Some background knowledge on this event, sort of. So <laughs> they were on a, a par three, and basically, Christina Kim spotted her playing partner ask her playing partner's caddy, "Did she hit an eight iron?" And I think the caddy said yes. So Christina Kim has seen her playing partner get intel about club choice, which is breaking which rule is ten point two, I think. The rules, yes. Uh, so this was on the seventeenth. They started on the back nine. 
10 holes later she told the rules official and they got two shot penalties and she got um, criticised for it on social media and criticised by her playing partner for putting it on social media yeah it's a tricky one isn't it because I'd, I think the thing which is uh, worse about this is that actually it's the delay why was there delay was something happening do you think oh actually I don't it doesn't matter but then actually maybe was she losing I don't know I don't know what the score yeah why didn't she just say to them there and then yeah you can't do that I mean there is history in this Jack Nicholas at, at Walton Heath in a Ryder Cup in 1981 or whatever it was um, was playing with someone who is all square and um, I think it was with a rookie I can't remember the name of the rookie that would make it a much better story uh, but um, Nicholas hit a nice shot into green and uh the guy said, oh, that was a good shot. What club did you use? And Nicholas went to his caddy, go get the ball, we're one up. So it's happened before. Good knowledge. But, that, but, that. That, but that, you know, that's something which happened immediately. And, um, you know, it is a bit tricky. Now, people, we do say that golf is a sport of integrity and that people call shots on themselves, call penalties on themselves. Um, so when you actually see someone who is should know that rule and ignorance ignorance is no excuse because you should you should know the rules before going out um if they're breaking the rule then actually you know it's happened isn't it the thing which doesn't help is if christina kim who is obviously a personality uh on in in the in the in the ladies game um make something big of it or is seen to have actually acted strangely out of it that's where the criticism is going to come but from from my point of view if you've if you've broken the rule especially in a professional golf event you might be playing we might be playing a social event and you know social four ball when you hit a nice shot I go oh what what club did you hit there and you go you'd tell me wouldn't you I think it happens in club competitions as well it, happens, it probably happens all the time and, and it's, it's down to the individual you might just be having a social chat yeah. You might just be just being polite and go, oh, it's a great shot. What did you use there? Just be, you just make a conversation, aren't you? That doesn't actually make a difference um, to what club you may use. Obviously, cl- people always hit the clubs different distances as well. So um, it's just the delay. Why was there a 10 hole delay in her telling the rules official? Was there only that the only time that there was a rules official about? I don't know. Um, we've had this chat about whether each group's had should have rules officials with them or not in the past haven't we so um yeah it was a bit odd isn't it yeah very odd um also the the lady one of the ladies because there were two of them that got done um she said that she's seen this like ten thousand times so yeah maybe i don't know should there be a rules change like me and my mates or not i don't want to like say i cheat or anything but i'm sure like i've been aware what my mates are hitting just because we we chat about it or whatever. Exactly. And I shouldn't say that on a podcast. But no, I'm not, well, no. Well, no I'm sure people up and down the country do it. Absolutely. It's probably one of those rules people don't really realise. And also, it's one of those, as I said, it might just be a case of just being social. I think the thing why that rule is there is because if you do hit a good shot and you don't want to tell the person what club you've used, which is fine, then actually the rule's there to protect you in that situation and to make sure that there's no awkwardness because someone might say, "Oh, what did you use there?" And you go, "I'm not telling you." And then yeah. suddenly, <laughs> the 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 game can take a bit of a sour. There's turn. nothing stopping you from looking in your playing partner's bag, apparently, but you just cannot communicate it verbally. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, if you're that interested in it, then actually you're no good at golf. Yeah, because actually you're then more interested in the club that your partner's been using instead of concentrating on your shot. 
if you don't know how far to hit, if you don't know how what the yardage is, then you are either not well prepared or your caddy's not well prepared, depending on what, where you're playing. And also, you probably then won't know what how far you hit yardages, or you can't tell what conditions you're playing. So, um, I don't have a problem with the rule being interpreted that way because that is a rule but um, it is a bit weird why the, the the gap of 10 holes as I say may have been down to where a rules official was so um, I say it was, I'm sure I have no doubt it goes up and down it goes on up and down the yeah. land and no one it doesn't affect anyone in the slightest but in, in when you're playing for money then you've got to be careful haven't you yeah uh, let us know listeners um, what are your thoughts on this issue do you um get asked what club you hit on the tees do you do it in social games and not competitions I hope you don't do it in competitions but uh, yeah let us know that's very interesting um, we got another question from David Civil and Golf Designs who says what are your favourite golf sports data websites <laughs> my favourite golf sports data websites I think this is a chance for you to pl- to declare your love for the official world golf ranking website maybe <laughs> <laughs> is that sports data? I don't, I don't really understand the question, but uh, yes, I do really like the world. Uh, go, uh, world uh, I can't even say it. The official world golf rankings website, who I don't work for and don't have any connection for anyone else. Uh, but um, best golf website. It's a really good there. website because it shows you graphs of where people, how they've done over the years. It gives a very clear year-to-year rankings, not just for the tours, but for the whole of the year and uh, how well they've been playing. So I do actually really like. Like it as well because of the P- European Tour and PGA Tour websites, they're fine. They've got loads of stats on there. Some of them are better than others, but they will only show those tour. Whereas the World Golf Rankings will actually show those tours, and then you'll find, hang on a minute, they've been playing over in some random tour which I don't even know about, uh, and it gives you a chance to do that. My favourite thing, actually, on a Monday morning, because I'm sad, is to go and look at who won over the weekend, not only on the big tours but also the the lower tours. Who won, for example, Elliot? Who won on the Sunshine Tour at the weekend? Oh, I know that as well. It's a uh a well-known South African. <laughs> South African. No, tell me. It was George Katsia. Oh, I knew that. Who, uh, you know, was a European Tour champion and really, you know, in the top 50, I must have been in the world at one, one time. He's now won on the Sunshine Tour at the weekend. I think he went from just outside the top 200 to just inside the top 200. So uh, you get a chance to see that, which you maybe yeah, not have seen, and um, can then spot some potential winners for the future. Um, who maybe won't be so fancy because they haven't been playing on the on some of the majors. It's also a great way of following the Japan Golf Tour because we don't get any coverage of that over here. Yeah. So you Japan always get Golf to see the Tour, results of Sunshine that. Tour. There's there's some decent events going on around the world which you won't always know about because they won't be in um, the, the media, the mainstream media, that as it were. So um, yeah, no, absolutely. That's I do like that website and uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, right, final one from. Bloody lovely golf. Um, why did you not follow up your question regarding the kids playing competitions with adults? We did follow it up, bloody lovely. Um, we had an article on the website last week by our work experience girl Lucy, who um, wrote about her experiences of playing in the ladies section whilst a junior. So that's an interesting read. Yeah, and actually the headline oh, it says kind of gives it away, but she says that because she was given the opportunity to uh, play in the adult competitions, it actually stopped her from giving up because um, I think without those adult competitions and the competition that that was given, 
it meant that she was in bigger events, playing more competitive golf, and, uh, and just enjoying the game a bit more. And helped her develop her social skills as well. Yeah, which I think is a very important thing. And that's perhaps things that like that, which actually golf is more better suited to, especially at club level, you know, just being in a nice environment and... As I say, working socially, it's very tricky going up to, onto a first tee and introducing yourself to one or three people and who you've never met before, and suddenly having to spend four hours of your life with them and having to interact with them, um, not asking what clubs you've used to, <laughs> you know, to hit into greens, but you know, just chatting about life and how what they do and finding out a bit about them. It's a great way of making new friends, uh, and um, and you know the opportunities that sometimes making friends uh, work out you know there's as people say it's not uh, what you know it's who you know and uh, I think it's a great networking place isn't it so uh, really good uh, article there from Lucy so if you do get the chance check it out uh, it's also going out in the newsletter today as well Elliot is it oh yeah, wow there you go. Um, on the subject of making friends and stuff this is not related <laughs> are you still looking for some friends to juniors um, my girlfriend asked me recently what do you chat about with all these I think she said like old men or something and I was like um, I was like well yeah you just start with what you do for a living where you live what your hobbies are and then you find interests like that don't you because yeah. it is funny you basically meet people that you've never met in your life and spend hours with them like, but there is one th- there's often. one thing that you know that you already have in common with them yeah and that is the game of golf because you're both playing golf. You know, where it's different if you're going to meet someone at a party or something like that. You might realise that, other, you know, other than both knowing maybe the host of the party, you actually have nothing in common with some people, and you should try and get out of their conversation as quick as possible. But you know, you can always talk golf as as the bottom line, isn't it? But it's the things you know, being social and finding out about people is it make makes golf a little bit better sometimes. Sometimes there's better playing partners than others. Let's be let's be yeah, fair. Yeah, if you've only got golf in common with someone, you're probably not going to enjoy playing golf with them very often. But if you've got golf and something else in common, that's where you can start to develop a lovely blossom in friendship well indeed and enjoying a pint with them or whatever so um, yeah shame we haven't got anything in common Elliot but never mind um, we've got loads in common Tom well, quite anyway thanks for listening we'll be back next week to look back on the Turkish Airlines opening and head to the Nedbank Golf Challenge as ever get in touch with us on social media at Golf Monthly Magazine on Facebook and at Golf Monthly on Twitter and Instagram and also you can email us at um, Monthly at ti-media.com Also remember to subscribe to the podcast on your usual provider and leave us a review. Elliot, great chatting. Yeah, great chatting. That is my last podcast next week before my trip away. Not your last podcast. You're not leaving, are you? You're just going on an extended holiday. So um, we might have some guests. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Guest guests uh, in the podcast over the coming weeks. Um, We'll see who we can who we can uh, find. I was thinking I could even create a quiz. No, quiz, we're not doing no? quizzes. The quiz, is, the, the quiz is ancient history now. Okay. After you cheated that time, it all went downhill from there. Anyway, great chatting. Yeah. And uh, we'll speak again next week. Bye.